now, ladies and gentlemen, before I tell you any more, I'm going to show you the greatest thing your eyes have ever beheld. He was a king and a god in the world he knew. But now he comes to civilization, merely a captive, a show to gratify your curiosity. Ladies and gentlemen, look at Kong, the eighth wonder of the world. Welcome to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast uh, talking about horror movies, and we're probably going to talk about some old ones and some new ones this time. Uh, we will tend to spoil movies we talk about, but I don't think you'll have to worry about a whole lot of these today, tonight, this time. Whenever um, you're listening to this. Yeah. It's Thanksgiving Eve. It as, is. As we record it, which is uh, Boris Karloff's. Now, anniversary of Boris Karloff's birthday. Oh, oh wonderful. Or, or William Henry Pratt, as he was. Yeah. Yes, his actual name. No one knows for sure why he chose Boris Karloff, do they? It was just a, like a screen <coughs> name. Yeah, yeah, it's from a couple of sources. It sounded cool. <laughs> well, he'd been struggling for years. I mean, he wasn't... He was, he was about 40 when he did Frankenstein. Yeah. He'd been like a lumberjack and stuff in Canada. Yeah, might as well get a start. <laughs> when you can. Um, real quick, let's just say we're not critics. We're artists and illustrators. And, uh, you know, um, that's... Horror movie fans. Yeah, we, we are fans of this stuff. Uh, we're not we're not here to bum you out. <laughs> Thank- I am. <laughs> well, okay. I'm here to bum you out. When I say we are Spoil movies. Rich is making profit hand over fist from a horror series right now. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm selling... Uh, horror-themed prayer candles to people on Etsy, and they're buying the hell out of them for some reason. Shopping early. Thank you to the Moonrays for giving us the intro Creature Features song at the beginning of the podcast. And uh, you can find them on iTunes. You can find them on Amazon. Uh, on Facebook, if you want to say hi or follow them, they are the Moon-Rays or the Moon-Rays. If you, don't, if you don't put that in there, you get a different Moonrays. Anywho, um, Jolien, what have you watched since we did this last um, well, uh, I've been working on the second issue of uh, Tales from the Crypt, so I'm, I wasn't intending to watch anything, but luckily I got waylaid by a bad illness, so I spent a day just lying there. Vomiting <laughs> into the television? <laughs> Not, <laughs> it, it was nothing, you know, exorcism-worthy, but, uh, you know, just you know, just a bad cold and I couldn't do anything. Um, so I watched um, all the... Uh, 
Uh, do you know the Sleepy Eyes of Death series? Not at all. The Japanese samurai series from the 60s. Sleepy Eyes. Also known as Son of the Black Mass. Also mm. known as Kyoshiro Nemuri. Oh, yeah, I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Ra- Raizo Ojikawa, who's like this, he was like this very popular actor, did over 100 movies and died young. Um, but uh, excellent series. It's like uh, he's in 12 of them, the middle 12. They're the only ones I've seen. But um, he's this, uh, he's a sword master who was, he's the son of a Japanese woman who got raped by a Catholic priest at a black mass. Wow. So he's got a thing against Catholics, Catholics, Christians. Although he does, he he says a lot of, uh, he's a very interesting character. He says a lot of like pretty blunt and cynical, nasty things, but he helps people out as well. And he, He's not, you know, if they if they happen to be Christian, he's not worried about it, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he definitely gets through a quite a few people <laughs> in the course of the series. <laughs> There's a massive body count. I mean, Jason would be jealous. Yeah. Speaking of Jason, <clears throat> I was telling Will I, I spoke with him yesterday, and I said, you know, I feel like we need to do Jason X. Mm-hmm. That's one that. A lot of people hate on it, and I don't know why. I actually really like that one. And uh, I believe it's Kane Hodder in that one. In yeah. fact, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just so silly. Like, the premise is so completely ridiculous. Is that Jason in space? Yes, mm-hmm. Space and Jason. Space and Jason. I've not seen that one. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, Julian, I'm sorry. What else? Uh, that, that's it. That was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Will, anything awesome since last uh, time or anything at all? I watched something called Plebes. Plebes, which is a British comedy about some plebeians in uh, 27 BC Rome, and they're just, you know, basically modern-day wasters. It's two guys who, they work for, I don't know, some office, and one of them is the copier, the other one's the shredder, Hmm. and the guy who works in the corner is the water boy, he's... He's like the water cooler, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, they have a slave called Groomio, who's a very deadpan and quite funny. I enjoyed it. I think they might be doing another uh, League of Gentlemen series. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, the League of Ordinary Gentlemen. Of... Yeah. So but, what else? Um, what else do you see? I think that's it. Hmm. I've not watched anything really. <laughs> we watched so much in October. Yeah. yeah. It's like I'm going to dial that back a little. Well, since last time I watched um, Into the Forest, which stars um, Juno and the woman from Westworld. Um, Ellen, you know, Ellen, Ellen Page. Page. Yeah. Okay. And, and I, um, Evan Rachel Wood. Rachel Evan Wood. Is that the name of the woman in Westworld? I have no idea. I've not seen Westworld oh, okay. yet. Anyway, it's supposed to be two sisters who are uh, meant to be 16 or 17 and 18. Okay. And they're played by two women who are about 30 and don't look like they're 30. But, you know. They also don't look 18? Well, they do, pretty much. Oh. Okay. So it works, but it's it's just weird, like, looking at them going, um, wasn't Juno, like, 12 or 15 years ago <laughs> and she was about 15 or 16 then and sure enough she's about 30 so 
Anywho, she hasn't changed much at all. No. Yeah, so she's a vampire is the moral of that story. Not in the movie, in real life. Yeah. She's not aging. Uh, the the uh, Tales Crypt story I'm working on is about this uh, these girls at a high school. And uh, you know, it calls for um, them being in the changing rooms and... Well, of course. Stuff like that. It's written by a, a woman, and so... Um, but, you know, there's one thing to write things like uh, a bunch of teenage girls in a changing room in various states of undress. Yeah. And it's another right. thing to have to be the one who has to <laughs> research it without being put on an FBI list. Right. Oh, man. I'd be really careful. Yeah, let me just type in underage <laughs> yeah. girls nude. Yeah, just have to be really circumspect. That's when you have to go to your own morgue. You know, your own source of cutouts and whatnot. The the old Super 8 film from when I was at school. We're going to cut this, right? We're not recording. Yeah, we're going to bleep every bit of this. So, Kids on the internet. Porn easy these days. Yeah. I had to search old open fields (laughs) and hope somebody had thrown a Playboy away. You know, uh, I think it was either um, Horror Hound Radio or Night of the Living Podcast. They were talking about woods porn. Yeah. And they're like, no, mm. it's it's really a thing. And I'm and I'm thinking, yeah. I remember finding porn in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I don't know who discards porn in the woods, but we used to find it. I remember when, we, when I was in Scouts and we went to Luxembourg and we're out in the middle of the woods and a bunch <laughs> of the, my fellow Scouts found these like European mags. And it's yep. so weird, isn't it? It's like you wouldn't find a rare mushroom or a pot of gold or any of that bullshit, but big stack of penthouse magazines. Well, there was there was a guy who uh, who when we worked at the art supply store, I'm assuming it's a guy. Somebody would come by and throw their porn over over the wall into the dumpster, but they usually didn't hit the dumpster. <laughs> so you'd go back there, and there'd be like half a dozen videotapes oh, or weird. DVDs or magazines. <clears throat> It's so weird. <laughs> like, Who leaves you... them out in the woods, though? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, <laughs> there's got to be some sort of a, a sprite or a fairy, <laughs> like the porn the porn uh, imp. <laughs> I mean, I don't know the, 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 the woodland creatures well enough to know which yeah. kind. Would... Porn goblin. Porn goblin. Porn brownies. God, that's a great band name. Porn goblin. <laughs> porn goblin. <laughs> Yeah. It's kind of prog rock with uh, go-go dancers. Yeah. Yeah. I can picture that. Um, Into the Forest was the name of that one anyway. So it was uh, it was a post-apocalyptic thing. And these two... And there's still a forest. There's a forest in it. Yeah. They're pretty much okay, in so the forest. So it's not that apocalyptic. Well, it's not like nuclear holocaust. It's not a nice okay. forest. What, ha- what happens is... Uh, the power gets knocked out. Nobody knows why. Right. There's rumors of why it got knocked out. But then supplies stop coming in. There's no gas. Um, so it's kind of like the road. It's just, yeah. Something's happened. Yeah, and they're um, something like a two-hour drive from the nearest town. Hmm. And they live in this house that the dad bought, and it's in disrepair, and he's meaning to work on it. And um, Now, I don't want to go into the whole story, but basically it ends up just the two of them and they're not sure what the hell's going on in the world, but they know that it's it's a mess and things are bad. And then they have to start sort of relying on resources found in the forest. 
or like pornography yeah <laughs> well forest porn you know it's gonna fetch a much higher price now that there's no electricity to power yeah. up your iphone and find porn on your phone i know so you know they're very resourceful i will give them credit for that and they cut each picture out and frame it and go to town and sell them. Yeah. And people still have the habit of trying to, like, do the little pinch zoom with their thumb and in- index finger. Oh, man. Yeah. The first time you reach for a magazine to zoom a picture, you know you've gone too far. <laughs> so um, I also watched Rob Zombie's 31. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah. So I watched 31. So is it as good as the other 30? <laughs> um, okay. So there's a little person... With a Hitler mustache and a Hitler hairdo. And he's called Sickhead. Uh, Lil Hitler. <laughs> Lil, <laughs> Lil Hitler. So it's got Lil Hitler in it. It's got a couple of chainsaw clowns in it. Um, basically, it's about a bunch of carnies who get kidnapped and put into this weird warehouse where they, they're told by Malcolm McDowell in a powdered wig and two other people in powdered wigs, a couple of ladies, um, told that there are odds on each one of them and they are numbered one through five or whatever. And here's the odds that you're going to make it. And it's on Halloween Eve. So all Hallows Eve, Eve. And uh, <laughs> they're going to be hunted and attacked by uh, these killers who are really good at what they do, in theory. These killers who are all right at what they do. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're they're not really overachieving. Is that working? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that top knob is broken on that thing. <clears throat> uh, so, yeah, the studio's a little cool. Uh, so, lots of violence, a lot of yelling and screaming. Um, not a whole bunch of plot. Not a whole bunch of story there. Just a lot of aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And... Rob Zombie does his aesthetics really well, the way he likes them. Um, I wasn't super excited about the movie. It was fun to watch, though. So that, and then uh, last night while I was writing some notes and underlining things, I put on Black Friday. Uh, Sven Gulli featured it, so it, it also had his commentary in between things, and that was fun. The old Boris Karloff, Bela Lugosi joint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was fun. I hadn't watched it in years, and uh, it was pretty cool. And, of course, it had a lot of spinning newspapers, yes. you, know, it, <laughs> you know, the way they do that thing, where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. yeah. So there's well, a that lot That one's more of, of a crime drama, isn't it? It is. It's not a horror movie at all. So, um, and I was thinking about this, and this is a good segue into what we're going to talk about. This episode is about favorite special effects. Not necessarily the best ever Maybe the first ever, maybe innovators, but um, I thought about this, and uh, and what was really important to me when I was little was skeletons and gorillas. I couldn't get enough of them, <laughs> you <Wow>. know. Excellent. <laughs> I loved my giant gorillas and any size gorilla, really. But King Kong really kind of blew my hair back oh, yeah. when I was a little kid, and you saw it on network television on whatever Saturday afternoon creature feature show. And I got to say that I knew it wasn't real, but it looked cool. The 19, and we're talking about mm-hmm. the 1933 King Kong. Yeah. So where does this stuff start? How does it start? Where does it go? And who are the people who actually had the vision to do this kind of stuff? And that's yeah. sort of what I'm thinking about. With uh, uh, Stop motion goes back really early. Yeah, it does. And uh, of course... Uh, Willis O'Brien, who did King Kong, 
was one of the innovators, one of the pioneers, um, at least to bring it to where it would actually be somewhat believable to your eye. But, uh, and, you, and you know the, the precursor stuff to that, I'm sure. You know, and, and earlier on it would be like brief but moments of animation in a, yeah, like five in a short minutes. film. Or <laughs> right. well, not even five minutes, you know, just something moving around of its own accord. Right. You know, like, like those trick movies. Yeah. And we went from zoetropes to uh, stop motion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the evolution initially. Yeah, and all you have to figure out is, you know, if I stop the stop the camera and then move something and then start the camera again, it will appear to move itself. Right. Yeah, so. yeah just uh, don't get the clapperboard in the in the shot. <laughs> yeah, that's the most important thing. Or the boom mic. But on, on, when King Kong came out, there were people who who didn't know, had no idea how it was done. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, internet was very early in its infancy at the time. <laughs> and uh, it was still on paper, in fact. Because Al Gore uh, was still yeah, a, a I think baby. That, <laughs> I think Popular Mechanics or something had an article and they had like an interview with a fellow who played King Kong and stuff like that. And it's like people had no idea it was this oh, that's so funny. tiny little model. Yeah. I mean, they were like 18 inches tall or something. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when, when we get into the actual uh, peculiar evolution of this stuff, uh, we'll talk about some of the some of the characters and the stuff they did to each other along the way. And there's some interesting stuff. But uh, favorite special effects for me were always gorillas, giant gorillas especially, mm-hmm. and werewolves. And some of the stuff ends up kind of going hand in hand, not literally, but, you know, uh, some of the same people who were crazy about giant gorillas were also crazy about werewolves and worked on both. Mm. And uh, there's that thing that people say about standing on the shoulders of giants. And I think that each special effects person who comes along and whether they're the apprentice to or the student of somebody or not, they're going to learn from what came before them. And it's just going to get better and better until CG comes along and then it just gets worse. But <laughs> as far as practical effects go, um, it seems like this, there's this great tradition and it gets handed down. And maybe there's some people who jealously guard secrets, but your secrets aren't secrets forever because there's too many people on a movie set. It's going to get out. Like, how did this person make this look like it was breathing? Or how did it look more fluid movement or whatever? Like it, it could be the frame rate, or what have you. But um, Willis O'Brien is kind of, a, in, in my opinion, where it really starts for monster movies and horror movies. So uh, what, are you, what are some of your favorites, Will? Do you have uh, uh, well, more of a focus <clears throat> that's maybe newer than all that? No, I mean, I liked all that stuff growing up, too. Uh... I love stop motion anything for a long time. Oh yeah, you know, uh, except for um, Ralph Baskin or whatever. <laughs> Rankin Bass. Rankin Bass. Everything except Rankin Bass. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't care for this. I watched him every year. But were I never you, were you a fan of Gumby? <laughs> yes, a huge fan of Gumby. I watched Gumby. I don't remember really being. Yeah, a fan. I, I've never seen it before, but. Like uh, I might be doing the comic next yeah. year, so I, you know I started watching Did some you watch old them on YouTube 60s. or something. No, they had they had a, the whole '60s series on DVD at the libraries. Oh boy, you only need about one of those. 
So, so what were you prepared to talk about as far as your favorites? Uh, I had nothing. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. You're, you're just going in cold. Uh, yeah, I had no idea. I looked up some stuff, and that was about it. I watched the uh, the once gruesome scene of Kevin Bacon being stabbed in the neck oh, yeah. with an arrow, uh-huh. which looks horribly fake now. And I remember it being awesome as a kid, mm-hmm. and now you can tell Kevin Bacon's like... A rubber head on a stick. Well, no, he's his head's like poking through the pillow, oh. and then it's a fake body and a fake neck, yeah. and his head does not look like it's attached. His body is so rigid, and his head's like moving around, and it's... it's... Yeah, I used to get Fangoria, and I, I got that Grand Illusions book that Tom Savini put out. Oh, yeah? Yeah, someone quote-unquote borrowed it. Oh. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I used to love... Yeah, he, he's, he's such a showman, though. Yeah, yeah. You can always tell it's Savini. Savini's probably the best of all of those. <clears throat> yeah, he was never shy about making it extra gory. Yeah. His, his principle was like with Friday the 13th, you've got to make the weapon look real. Yeah, establish mm-hmm. so that it's like real. The, the, you know, the axe will, will, you know, you'll miss someone and hit wood or it'll be dragged along the floor or something. So you feel that it's a real weapon. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you take a swing at somebody with the rubber one, then mm-hmm. it's believable that you actually clocked them in the gourd with it. Yeah. That's, that's pretty important. And Tom Savini was always good at that. Like, it wasn't always obvious that he was establishing the real weapon. But yeah. the real hit always looked nice and gory. Mm-hmm. Even if you knew it was fake, it was still like, oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah, it's uh. like uh, you're watching a magic trick. It's like, wow. Exactly, yeah. yeah. How do you do that? That girl is cut in half. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> so, uh, Jolien, what were you uh, thinking of talking about as far oh, as I've, favorites? Similarly, I've, I've done no research at all. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking like, uh, you know, people like Willis O'Brien and yeah. be the first special effects people who knock my eyes out and then, oh, yeah. then Harryhausen. Yeah, of course. And then, uh, and then with with horror in particular, it'd be like circa nineteen eighty. You had the um, conjunction of you know splatter movies taking off, and uh, you know with uh, the new special effects technologies and materials coming in. Oh yeah. So you know, all of a sudden, there was tons of exploding heads <clears throat> and mm-hmm. decapitations all over the place, as we're used to today. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <laughs> decapitations, but, uh, man. I was like. I th- I th- What's the first exploding head? Like the first one I remember seeing is Dawn of the Dead. Scanners. And then Scanners. <laughs> yeah. Dawn of the Dead came out first, so yeah. I'd say, yeah, that's probably... But, yeah, that's the old Scanners. <clears throat> Scanners was Dick Smith, and that's spectacular. Yeah, Scanners still looks fantastic. Yeah, because that just... It doesn't just... It's not just a quick uh, custard pie thing like in Dawn of the Dead. It's like... A, this builds up, and this guy is... Yeah. Know, he's twitching and twitching and sweating and... I guess they filled a fake head full of livers and dog food. Condoms. And and then (laughs) shot it with a shotgun. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I guess Tom Savini liked putting Fritos in the mix. (laughs) Because I think they just get dissolvy enough, but they hold some texture. Yeah. Sounds good. Kids remember that. Fritos and your exploding head. (laughs) Yeah, the scanners is amazing. There was a Western at the time, uh, Eureka. With Gene Hackman, mm-hmm. he, he's like some prospector in Alaska or somewhere, and he wanders out of the snowy mountains, and he comes into this small town, which is kind of drying up. 
Yeah. And people are leaving, and there's there's this guy who's just given up, and he blows his own head off with a shotgun. Uh huh. And you just see it from different angles over and over and over again, <laughs> slow motion. And it's not like in the Omen where it's like multiple angles in one scene. It, he he keeps remembering it, so he keeps cutting back to oh, every man. now and then. They and love that. And it just looks more and more fake <laughs> every time you see it. Like Sybil Danning tearing off her costume in uh, <laughs> The Howling 2. Yeah. That dumpster fire of a movie. So Willis O'Brien. Uh, this guy we could say was the pioneer of, of the stop motion yeah, feature length in, yes. in feature length <clears throat> form. And, uh, we saw the lost world, 1925 King Kong in 1933 and mighty Joe young in 1949. Yep. <clears throat> now these three, I talk about these because we want giant dinosaurs and giant gorillas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the rest of that stuff's okay. But you know, if you want to kind of talk about, what he did that moved everything forward and gave us Ray Harryhausen, really. I mean, Ray Harryhausen was good. Oh, he good. learned from him. Yeah, yeah he, he, was, he was on the set and working with Willis O'Brien and, of course... And they collaborated on Mike Joe Young. Yeah, and rumor has it that uh, Harryhausen did most of the heavy lifting on that one. <laughs> and who knows, you know, this mm, is... Yeah, I've heard different rumors yeah i don't want to go into it but yeah. um what's the rumor mill from 1949 or 48 whenever they were actually working yeah. on it you know i think his last feature <clears throat> film was black scorpion wasn't it good very well brian yeah yeah, yeah. i think so Just that looks that, fantastic yeah there's that great where they go into drool. the catacombs yeah oh that wasn't him that was like some full-size prop but um oh. when they like the attack on the train and, and when they yeah. go into the catacombs and it's like the the missing like the spidey valley sequence from, mm-hmm. yeah it just looks great yeah but uh yeah and he wanted to do the lost world remake but then they they uh thought he was too expensive and time consuming so they they did frilly lizards with bits stuck on yeah. yeah yeah let's let's super glue well not even super glue let's uh whatever the hell they had back then mucilage i don't know <laughs> let's just glue a fin onto the back of a lizard and call it but, uh, I saw uh, something on Facebook this week uh, every time one of those lost world dinosaurs screams a TIE fighter gets its wings really because <laughs> it's the same source <laughs> of same sound, sound effects yeah nice. it's kind of manipulated elephant yeah roar. that's right so this uh, <clears throat> so this whole thing with giant dinosaurs uh, kind of started with uh, when Willis was a kid he left home to go work uh, on ranches and he was, I, I don't know if we could call him a cowboy, but he did, he did ride in some rodeos and, uh, and he was just a kid really. And he worked as a guide, uh, to paleontologists in California who wanted to go digging for dinosaur bones. So he got really interested in dinosaurs, uh, hanging around with these guys and, you know, showing them how to get into the spots where they needed to be with horses. And he started drawing and sculpting dinosaurs and, being excited about them. And this is where the whole thing with giant dinosaurs in horror mm-hmm. movies really started was one kid with a crazy imagination who left home very young and was working as kind of a, I don't know, field guide scout, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. I think that's kind of a really cool beginning. If you think about it, like we get, we get on something when we're kids and, and we don't get off of it. You mm-hmm. know, like when you're little and you start drawing things or reading about things you get more hung up on one thing than another. Yeah. And he got hung up on dinosaurs. 
you know, some paleontologist probably told him this thing was three stories high. <laughs> he yeah. was like, holy shit, really? Yeah. Yeah. Where do you go from there? You know? <laughs> Very exciting when you're a kid. Yeah. So uh, he had a bunch of different jobs. O'Brien did. He worked on railroads. He did all kinds of crazy crap. And then when the uh, San Francisco World's Fair came along, uh, he was an assistant to an architect, if I remember this story right. And, um, of course, they would make a lot of interesting structures for World's Fairs. And he was already there. And, of course, sculpting and drawing, he got the attention of other people who had money and wanted to make things. And he ended up making uh, some short films with you know, his imagination and talent and whatnot and other people's money. And, of course, going from there got the attention of Thomas Edison, who had a film company. Yeah. So fucking Thomas Edison, man. That's kind of crazy if you think about it. It's like, all right, so we got the light bulb. Uh, we, we uh, you know, uh, thoroughly screwed over Tesla, got him out of the way. Let's, <laughs> let's make some dinosaur movies. <laughs> That's kind of where it kicked off. Wow. Yeah. So there's a really interesting history to this thing. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, without going any deeper into it, uh, you know, he he took his lumps. He got screwed over by somebody who who got him into um, a feature length movie, that, which at the time was 45 minutes. This guy, uh, Herbert Dawley, uh, D-A-W-L-E-Y, uh, commissioned him to write, direct and co-star and you know do these special effects on a, another dinosaur picture that was the ghost of Slumber Mountain. Oh, yeah. Now, the way this goes is it's a $3,000 budget, but they don't get along. They don't see eye to eye creatively. And uh, it just turns out that, all right, well, you got your money. We made the thing, you know, get lost. <laughs> and so this guy cuts the footage into an 11-minute movie and then takes everything that he cut and turns it into other movies, little little shorts, little sequels. And, you know... If people think that integrity was in in uh, really great supply back in the day, no. There's been chiselers and shysters and scam artists ever since the beginning of time. And uh, so basically uh, uh, O'Brien got screwed over on this and didn't really make any money off of the subsequent stuff. Um, but he did end up uh, you know, getting enough skills you know, with a budget like that to make all the creatures for the lost world. And, um, have you seen that one? Um, years ago, mm. I haven't watched it recently, but, uh, I remember it well that it, it looked really cool mm -hmm. considering it's time. And you could definitely see where this was leading to King Kong. And, uh, now making these models, uh, covering them with clay, you know, these armatures covered with clay and rubber skin and all this kind of stuff, uh, ended up, giving us King Kong eventually. Yeah. And that's where it all kind of hits home for me. Mm -hmm. It's like giant gorilla, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Not just giant gorilla, like, yeah. you know, in a jungle, but New York city. <laughs> so yeah, fighting dinosaurs and then he comes to New York city. Yeah. So you get the best of both worlds. Yeah. You know, you get the jungle, but it doesn't stay there. And New York is surprisingly, you know, modern even then, you know, to us now. Yeah. Those buildings are pretty damn tall. It's like, why did people even bother going? Empire there? State was brand new, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was. It was recently built, and it's like, well, yeah, I don't remember when it was completed. Yeah, thirty-one or something. 
Yeah, people had a lot of ambition to just like make these giant structures. Yeah, I mean, you take them for granted now, but like buildings that are more than four stories tall would just be nothing like it. People thought they would die if they went more than 25 (laughs) miles an hour. (laughs) You know, there were people didn't know what they were getting into, but they wanted to get into it. Yeah. That was what was exciting about it. Do either of you remember the first time you saw King Kong? Yep. When was it? Uh, so we would have just gotten a TV and we had this little black and white TV. And uh, uh, I, it was the first time I'd begged out of sitting at the dinner table so that I could watch it. Uh, so it would have been on BBC Two or something. And, and uh, my mum had made turkey loaf. Ah, turkey loaf with mushroom gravy uh. and potatoes and uh, so she served it to me and I sat down and it started and at the end of the movie she came out and uh, I hadn't touched dinner your jaw was just hanging. <laughs> I was just like wow this is this is it this is it so it had gone cold and she was pretty angry about it but it was worth it How oh yeah you? Oh, I don't know Six or seven. Okay. I was probably five or six. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I don't remember when I first saw King Kong. It was on TV. I was pretty young, probably about five or six. That's the right age to see King Kong for the first time. Yeah. Because it captures your imagination. I watched it every time it came around. Oh, yeah. On TV. <clears throat> but now I've got it on, you know, disc. Yeah. I don't watch it as much. It's just too sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just get so misanthropic at the end of it. It's just like. I just kind of want to. I just want to end the movie as he's climbing the building and just call it good. Yeah, if if he could like rip off the radio, the the, the like the Zeppelin mast and swat all the planes and then climb down and go home, beat his chest, and yeah. <laughs> hop on a on a barge and just like you know paddle out like a yeah. surfer and just you know. But it just makes me so sad and angry. Yeah. But so, yeah, so I've I've not watched it more than a dozen times ever. I don't think. How the hell did Peter Jackson not give us a better ending to King Kong? <laughs> he should have just been like, well, clearly what needs to happen here? Oh, he wanted to rip your guts out. And he certainly did. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's very sad. Oh, it was rough. It was it was beautiful, though. But the, the, they brought out a video game to go with his movie. Yeah. And apparently, if you, if you scored highly enough, then King Kong would survive. No kidding. Oh, wow. I actually had that video game and never got very far. I'm terrible at video games. I think games. I've still got it, but yeah, yeah, Emily bought it for me, but I've I've never had like a games console or anything. It was a PS2, oh. wasn't it? So uh, yeah, all I had to operate it with were cursor keys, and you just end up smushing oh. your nose along the cave wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I've I've not really played it, so it's just sitting there immaculate. <laughs> And my my video game skill ends up with a character with his forehead against a wall doing the running man. Right. I mean, that's they, about it. They look great. I've got nothing against video games. It's just I know they consume so many hours of the day. It's like I I you know I don't want to get into that. It would be fine if 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 we could be good at them. Well, uh, well, yeah, they'd, they'd still take up so much time. I don't have. It's uh, like I had to stop watching certain things like sport. I you know because you know that just takes up a day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just don't have that time. Time ends up being the luxury, doesn't it? (laughs) Like, I want to read 10 times more stuff than I get a chance Mm -hmm. to read. And time is the, it's it's always the enemy. Yeah. 
just bullshit. But have you seen the the latest trailer for the new King Kong? Just watched it a few mm-hmm. days ago. Oh man, I'm ready for it. <laughs> it looks kind of. I, I don't know if the script's going to be much good. It looks kind of generic from the trailer. Yeah. Then it looks great. I'm going to I'm going to go and see it. Oh yeah. Probably multiple times, but yeah. <laughs> we should feature it. We should go like opening night and then do that as a feature. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be great. So um, do you have a lot of insight or or knowledge of the making of King Kong? Oh, yeah. I've got that book, uh, The Making of King Kong. Oh, cool. Everything. <clears throat> so what I know about it is that there are highly articulated armatures mm-hmm. that are covered in uh, – I don't know if they're covered in clay, but they, they – well, They'd make a – they build clay sculpture around the armature, uh-huh. and then they'd cast that. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, and make a rubber <clears> – <throat> Well, they make a, you know, various materials. What were they using back in '33? Um, it would have been some kind of some kind of vulcanized bullshit. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um, yeah so yeah, so they, they like a ball and socket joint armature with a sculpt around it. Yeah, Peter Jackson ended up owning those, if I'm no, not no. mistaken. Mm. Yeah. Rabbit fur. They look really cool. Yeah. That's right. I was going to say yak, but it was rabbit. Wasn't yeah, it's it? a rabbit. You can see it <clears throat> rippling from where he touches it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find, oh, this might be, um, uh, I might be told off for this, but uh, I find his his creatures have lots of personality. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I don't get as much from Harryhausen. Harryhausen, they tend to be animals. They don't have... Yeah. You know, you, you just get you get another giant creature and people waving spears at it. Right. Yeah. But Kong kind of has things he does with his oh, eyebrows. Yeah. Kong's a pretty he, good actor. Yeah. Kong is definitely there's <laughs> O'Brien all over it. Oh yeah. Yeah he he does things with his eyes especially that I really appreciate. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's bemused and horny and angry and yeah, it's quite a range that that guy. I think there's a helicopter landing on the building. <laughs> oh man! If if we ever make the money to get mics that cancel all that shit out, like it won't be nearly as interesting. <clears throat> so, um, so this whole thing with uh, with the making of uh, Kong. Okay, this book that you have. What does it tell us that that we hadn't heard before? Like, was there any stuff that was uncovered along the way? Like any little notebooks or anything that gave us insight that we didn't previously have? Uh, well, there's tons of stuff that got cut out. Yeah. That they went to the trouble of animating that got cut out. The, the giant bugs, right? Yeah. Well, there's that whole Spider Valley sequence, which is like the holy grail of lost footage. Oh, we talked about that. Cause... Mm-hmm. But there's there's stuff like Kong coming down the mountain. and uh, there's, there's, like a, there's some brilliant jump cuts in that film. It's like... A, to get him to New York, mm-hmm. they gas him. Then he's in New York. Yep, they, they skip the whole voyage, you know, <laughs> because it's not necessary. They just exactly that plot is cut down to the bone. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, oh, it's brilliant. Um, but um, uh, yeah, and the, the, it it shows a lot of the production drawings and the you know they're they're basing it off of you know like uh, uh, Doré and oh okay. John Martin, yeah, things like that, romanticists. Yeah, Gustave Doré is one of my favorite artists of his era. Yeah. 
but you can see that whole um the way they have the planes because when they animate they have various planes right mm-hmm. you know you know foreground vegetation and middle ground action and background right and uh, so that, and and then you and you can see how they're all like the values of them are similar to the drawings the, right you, know, you have a black area and then the light and then receding gray yeah yeah it's art school all over again. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Damn beautiful, it. Beautiful stuff. And amazingly, they got out the sequel like six months later. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It, um, Son of Kong also came out in 1933, which is like, they must have just said, okay, guys, don't. Right. Forget you, about sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't get cocky or anything. You, yeah, you, it, was, it was pretty good. I never, I never reminded it. I thought it was pretty cool. It yeah, was, it's, it was it's Blonde like, Kong. Yeah, it's like it's a different story. Yeah, uh, it goes goes different directions. It's very entertaining. I've never watched it. I've oh. seen Mighty Joe Young, but I've never watched and Son of the, Kong. Some of the um, special effects footage from that ended up in another famous movie. Do you know that? No, what? You know, like the swamp scenes where they've got like. Um, oh yes, I know what you're talking uh, about. Pterodactyls and mm-hmm. things flying through the trees. Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. <laughs> what? What? Where was that used in Citizen Kane? They have this party out in the in the Everglades they're or somewhere. Supposed, don't yeah, they? they're supposed to be hunting. Yeah, I don't know. They have this party, but yeah, these birds fly by in the background, <laughs> and if you look, you realize no, they're pterodactyls. Yeah. Okay, this tells me that I have gone too long without watching Citizen Kane for one thing. Yeah. Because I should remember that kind of thing. Yeah. I have it on DVD. I'll lend it to you. Okay. For the listeners who haven't been listening to us um, every single episode, and I don't know if I've, I think I've mentioned this before. Um, I, I've, I've stolen a page from Jolien's book, and that is to watch something excellent on New Year's Day. So you start your year off right. right. <laughs> Maybe Citizen Kane will be a, that thing this okay. time. Oh, oh, I've got the Blu-ray. Oh, I just have regular DVD. Wait, you got a Blu-ray player now? I do have a Blu-ray player now. <laughs> oh, you mean you own the DVD? Yeah, I oh, own okay. the DVD. Okay, I'll, I'll lend you both the Blu-ray. Oh, that'll be cool. It's fantastic. Yeah, because I watched Godfather 2, I think, last this last New Year's Day. Okay. So, uh, yeah, this time maybe Citizen Kane would be. Now, that's got some physical special effects in it, which oh, God, yeah. people weren't familiar with. Like the, That's Dick Smith as well. Oh, really? Yeah, like the, the hand being nailed to the bar. You couldn't see that for ages in Britain. Oh, yeah. Man. And all the squibs going off. Yeah. And uh, when Mo Green gets shot through the eye. The, the horse head. and All that crazy yeah. shit. Yeah. Really that... missed out in England. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think the, the, the bit that was cut every time was the, the hand. I'm not sure about the rest of it. Yeah, the uh, yeah horse head, the bullet through the eye. There's a lot of things in that, in that movie that were... Um, Joe Spinell gets his throat cut. Oh, that yeah, in the barber chair, mm. all that stuff, yeah, that that was pretty, uh, pretty heavy duty in its time, especially, mm-hmm. and you even watch it now, and it's yeah, because because this was like a huge mainstream movie. It was a huge so hit. So a lot of those people wouldn't have seen that. Yeah, the book was huge, and it could have stopped there, but the movie was groundbreaking for sure, and uh, people will still argue about which one's better, you know, <laughs> Godfather or Godfather Two. Part three. <laughs> three. Man, that part three, I'll tell you. <laughs> so when in Britain, like about once a year, they'll show the Godfather saga where he's edited together the first yeah. two. Yeah. It works really well. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of tuned in for maybe 
30, 40 minutes of that one time. And I, oh, will they show it here now? Yeah, yeah. It's it, one of the, one of the um, pay channels does that one. Okay. I don't know if it's HBO or Showtime. Um, okay, so Son of Kong, uh, back to that real quick. Uh, apparently, O'Brien thought it was cheesy. You know, I think maybe he was just overworked and overtired. Well, he's goofier, isn't he? He's, yeah, he's the, a little silly. Kong character is. It's kind of like more comedic. Godzilla and Godzuki, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Godzuki, he's the scrappy do of kaiju. He is. <laughs> man, let's call it what it is. <laughs> so, Mighty Joe Young, um, we finally see that. Uh, the movie got got the Oscar for the best visual effects or whatever they called the Academy Award at the time, and so, you know, this this kind of uh, was it special photographic effects. Um, I don't think they had a regular award every year, did they? They just it was like a special thing every now and then. When the, yeah, something like that. They made mention of uh, uh, Rick Baker getting. Yeah, he Some got the very first special makeup effect. Special makeup effect that they yeah. created for him. So I don't know. It may have been that sort of thing. Like, right. Yeah, they saw American so Werewolf. Spectacular for King Kong or whatever will mm. make a special. I don't know the. I don't know enough about the know. Oscars. Yeah, I don't know what awards he got for that. Yeah, when when the uh, Academy people saw American Werewolf in London, they their minds were blown, and they they were like, "We got to give this guy. We'll create a new award just for him." seems like what happened but mighty joe young uh got the oscar and ray harryhausen worked alongside o'brien and did most of the animation and of course like i said before you know this is the tradition that gets handed down and then eventually it gets to guys like rick baker who do some mind-blowingly cool stuff and very believable visual stuff especially with his gorillas and werewolves which uh again i can't get enough of the (laughs) gorillas and werewolves you know should uh, have them fight. So ha- have you seen his films before? Or maybe American a gorilla Wolf? that turns into a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Mind yeah, blown. That would be great. Werewolf bites a gorilla. We uh-huh. gotta edit this out. Wow. And then the gorilla turns yeah. into a werewolf at the first full moon. Get Stephen Graham Jones on the phone. Oh, he's, he's he's just he's just like <laughs> dropped his phone and he's he's like right away, right now. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> We've got like a, a special like a hotline <laughs> whenever we come up with a crazy werewolf related idea and at the very end they'll burn off all his skin and we'll have a skeleton oh that'll be great that'll run around for a while <laughs> yeah. you gotta hit all the bases with this stuff yeah so uh so what does ray harryhausen do with all of this great experience and knowledge he um, made some skeletons fight that which that I think like my favorite <laughs> yeah, Ray Harryhausen. I love that stuff. I watched a documentary where they talked about how they were able to do that with a live actor. Like they they had like oh a, they had to film it a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, and they had like kind of a click track going. Yeah, yeah, where they would smack some sticks together or something. Yes, yeah, so they had a pass with stunt people, and then they had a pass with with nobody fighting them. Yeah, oh, it's so great. Yeah, I, I asked like uh, I met the first time I met. Ray Harryhausen at this animation festival, and uh, so my question for him was going to be, have in, in King Kong they cut like, the Spider Valley sequence? Mm-hmm. Has anything been cut from your animation? Yeah. And uh, but here I was sitting there in the front row, about ten yards away from Ray Harryhausen, 
who I worshipped. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, so I was just so nervous. Knees were shaking. It was so bad. And I just kept going over the question over and over so that I didn't screw it up. When it... <laughs> did you get to ask? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I managed to get it out. And You, you did? Know, you didn't just make it. like a high-pitched yeah, squawk? Yeah, I didn't, didn't just go... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so he said the only bit that he cut is from that skeleton sequence. Where, oh, uh, really? Where uh, a uh, uh, skull hits the floor and then uh, a skeleton like accidentally kicks it along. Oh, okay. I thought it was too comical and through the timing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said it's too time-consuming and expensive to cut things after they've been done, so you plan everything. Oh, yeah, I can see that. But, you know, then again, they cut all that stuff from King Kong. For... Yeah. But, you know, with those Harryhausen films, he is the star of those yes. films. They're built around his yes. his sequences. It's not like King Kong where they're, they're there to tell the story. Yeah. So that so that is your favorite one, Jason and the Argonauts. I think is a good movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, even with even if you didn't have the amazing special effects, it'd still be a good, yeah, it's interesting good heroic adventure story. Uh, but I, I remember going. The first one I went to see theatrically was uh, my mum took me along to Golden Voyage of Sinbad. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and it was on like uh, some rerun in the and. Uh, um, yeah, she took me along and it was sold out. Oh. I was really upset. So she took me to a toy shop and bought me a ray gun. Oh, great. It's almost as good. <laughs> Do you still have it? No. What the hell happened I to it? I couldn't be consoled. I was very oh, sad. Oh, man. It had an amazing poster and everything. Oh, man. Man. So the first one I actually saw theatrically must have been Clash of the Titans. Yeah, I think that's probably the first one I saw. Yeah. But but when I saw Harryhausen, he had like a... He had models mm-hmm. but he i think what what he toured with were replicas because the old ones would have just fallen apart yeah and uh so he had replicas and, and he had bronze busts and things like that but uh yeah yeah so he had like some of the scorpions and the medusa and Ooh, that's skeletons awesome. and things like that so you could like move them around and... neat i was like, I'm so terrified to search them. oh man <laughs> yeah i don't think uh any king kong's any of the bodies actually they have the armatures but right. all the rubber is gone yeah all i've seen is uh, from the 76 kong they had a special effects exhibit no it was a general hollywood exhibit in london when, mm-hmm. I, when I was 10 so my parents took me out to london and uh the, so they had the the uh, kong hand oh, okay with a mannequin in it representing Fair the right. fate darrow character and who was she in the 76? Who was playing it? It was... Um, um, Jessica Lang. Jessica Lang, yes. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why. Anyway, it's a replica of her, and then and, and it was like coming through the roof of the exhibit. Neat. Oh, that's really cool. Picking her up off the floor. But Neat. Full size one of that. Pretty cool. Nice. <laughs> so who did um, Ray Harryhausen influence that we know of? Any that come to mind? Well, it'd be uh, like Phil Tippett and yeah, that's first all those guys went to mind. Star Wars and uh, Industrial Light and Magic. I'm spacing on the name now. What's that Lovecraftian film that they all worked on? Oh, you were talking uh, about it. I just yeah, I just show. watched that Equinox. Uh, Equinox. I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, you gotta yeah, watch some that. Stop motion in there. And Lots of awesome. stop motion. And not not just you know 
better budgets and better uh, shooting schedules like Star Wars, but also stuff like Evil Dead, you know. Oh, yeah, you did too. You got that dancing corpse. Oh, yeah, all this uh, stuff. The Chiodo Brothers, and they did Deadly Spawn. And... Yeah, I mean, all this great stuff that kind of spans from kind of low budget to, you know, millions and millions of dollars and whatever you want to do. But if someone is good at doing the work, they don't necessarily need the most gigantic budget ever if they're good at it. Yeah, because the stuff in Evil Dead isn't terrible. You know, Evil Dead Two. Yeah, I'd hope that any any special effects people who are you know doing a movie where a monster's interacting with people, yeah, you know that they're thinking of O'Brien and Harryhausen. Oh, they absolutely should, and I think Rick Baker is probably the guy who really took that stuff. You know, seeing it when he was a kid. Um, which he would have been watching this stuff probably in the 60s. Um, you know, looking at the stuff going, wow, I really want to do this. And he's he's making things in his kitchen. Yeah, he was probably like looking at Jack Pierce more than... Right, right. And, of course, it's all going to, you know, drive him crazy and make him want to do the mm-hmm. same stuff. And all he wants to do is make monsters. And same ended up being true with Greg Nicotero. You know, he ended up, mm. you know, wanting to do special makeups and just draw monsters and make monsters. And, uh, and these guys, uh, you know, they've got the benefit of, of all the stuff that came before them. And then they give us even, you know, better versions of this stuff oh, yeah. going forward. Cause the materials get better and better. The film looks, you know, cleaner and it's just great. So have you watched any like early Rick Baker stuff? Like, Octoman and um, I've not watched Octoman or Incredible Melting Man Incredible or, Melting or, Man or Schlock. I haven't Schlock, watched those. Yeah, um, I've not seen that's Octoman, John Landis. but I have seen Incredible Melting Man and uh, yeah, let's see. I have the other one, yeah, o- o- Octoman is, is I've not seen that one. Is, I mean, it's pretty goofy, it looks like, yeah, okay, so let's see. The Power Rangers would punch out, um, Octoman, uh. The thing with two heads, which yep, you loaned yep, me years ago. Yep. Um, Schlock. Yep. Uh, the Exorcist. He worked on that as an assistant. Um, to hit some high points, though, he worked um, in uh, the 1976 King Kong. He he worked on the makeup effects on that one. He would have done. Uh, well, it's Alive was. When that, that was 76, wasn't it? Let's see. Um, uh, 74. Wow! Yeah, yeah. He he built this the the baby for it's alive. And yeah. It was just gonna be this like thing you see briefly, but uh, I think Larry Cohen was so excited about it, he had it. He wanted to show it more. Or... Yeah. Yeah. Um, squirm in nineteen seventy six. Oh, yeah. oh man! Yeah. <laughs> squirm. <clears throat> Maybe that's ready for a rewatch. Yeah, huh? he, he must have done that worm face guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's really the only makeup in there. Mm. Uh, um, there's like a couple skeletons. Yeah, that's the only I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody else has any. Real yeah, this guy gets all these like worms. The worms in his face, bite his face, crawling yeah. into his flesh. Uh, it makes you squirm, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, it's really physical. And then, um, incredible melting man, as you mentioned, Will. And then mm-hmm. right after that, Star Wars. And he's it, incredible like... melt. He's incredible meltable. <laughs> so Star Wars, he would have been working with. Um, Stuart Freeborn from Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah. oh, how cool! So, who was the who was the main guy on Planet of the Apes? It wasn't Stan Winston, was it? Planet of the Apes was Stuart Freeborn mostly. Stuart Freeborn, okay, because I always had it in my head that it was Stan Winston. I don't no, know why no, he wasn't around. Stan no, he he wasn't in the game yet for no. for a couple of years, two or three yeah. years. 
because um, I think he came to Hollywood in like 70, or duh, 79, 69. The what? I can't think of what Star, Stan Winston would have started on. Uh, yeah, I don't know I when he I started I think I have that on. here. Hold on. I mean, um, Pumpkinhead is all you really need to know. <laughs> 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 I'm a big fan of Stan Winston, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't have his film on. He's another guy who's got like a, the, uh, the eye for a showmanship. Mm-hmm, yeah. He presents things, you know, he's able to present things. Yeah. So let's see. Um, okay, back to Rick Baker. He, a few other things here, but um, he worked on uh, American Werewolf in London, as we know, and mm-hmm. they created an, an Academy Award because of him, yeah. for him, which he won, special makeup effects. Uh, the Howling, right after that, and uh, the, then a few more things, and then the Thriller video with Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. where he was more of yeah. a werecat than he was a werewolf. <laughs> Well, he wanted to do demons, but his brothers were like, because their religion, they're all, they wanted him yeah. to do something else. They're all Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. And uh, they were Mormons, weren't they? No. No? Oh. That, that was the Osmonds. Oh, I thought. What, what were the Jacksons? They were Jehovah's, Jehovah's Witnesses. Witness. Okay. Oh, because I thought, I thought that there was a conflict of interest that he was uh, um, doing the Pepsi commercials because he couldn't drink caffeine. Mm. Well, they, they changed that, that law so that they could. Because they they're in, they they got some deal with Pepsi, didn't they? Something. I have no idea. But what's more important is that Carlton from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air is in the Pepsi commercial with Michael Jackson. <laughs> the little boy that's dressed like him, that's dancing like crazy dancing, mm. is Carlton. I can't, th- I can't think of the actor's name, Alphonse something. But yeah. uh, it's hilarious if you watch it. You go, oh my god, it's baby Carlton. Uh, let's see, Greystoke, Legend of Tarzan, Lord oh, of the Apes. That's, that's amazing. People yeah. don't know he worked in that. That's yeah. like, he was so good at doing apes. Yeah, people, people thought they were real apes. No idea, like Gorillas in the Mist. Yep. Greystoke. Also oh, him. Yeah. yeah. And of course, you got uh, Christopher Lambert. Yeah. He's Tarzan in that one. And then that that, that Tim Burton, Plant the Apes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just extraordinary. Yeah. He, did, he did a great job Fantastic. on that stuff. Wait, Tim Burton did a Planet of the Apes? Oh, you should see it. Mm. It blows the first one away. <laughs> I'm pretending. <laughs> I'm pretending it didn't happen because you can live in denial if you that want. That really swore me off of Tim Burton films for yeah. about 15 years. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would have spit in his face if I ever saw him in the street. <laughs> that movie pissed me off. But, that but the apes much. in that was so good. Oh, it yeah. looks so good, but yeah. It was just a runny dog turd. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the awesome looking apes. Yes. Um, he, he did the effects for um, another Tim Burton, uh, Ed Wood, which mm. I don't know if, if you're a fan of it or if you've even I seen it. I love Ed Wood. Yeah. I own it. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. We had a power outage a couple summers ago, and uh, I had enough battery life in a laptop to watch, watch, watch a movie, and I just popped the disc into the <laughs> laptop and watched Never it. Never mind if we might need the computer battery for something important let's go ahead and watch the film i am ready for the apocalypse man i've been buying like crazy martial arts weapons (laughs) and a wrist rocket i've eaten all the little mres that i bought (laughs) now we're gonna break into the twinkies um batman forever you got the penguin makeup on that one. Mm. You got the cat. Batman Returns. Two Face. Did I say Batman Forever? Oh. Uh, no, it was Batman Returns that yeah. I was thinking of. Which so, I want to see again. 
Mighty Joe Young, the remake. Oh, yeah. Amazing. 1998. Effects in that one. Um, I didn't see that one. <clears throat> Charlize Theron. Yeah. yeah. It looks great. Yeah. Doesn't it have Bill Paxton in it? I can't remember the people. He's like, game over, man. I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember the humans apart from Charlie's their own. Sorry? That's what Stan Winston worked on, too, was aliens. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he he did the the work on the the queen alien to make it look awesome and drippy and gross. Yeah, and they built a full-size puppet. Yeah. It (laughs) It took, like, 30 people to write. (laughs) I don't remember how many, but it was a lot of people to... (laughs) To make that thing move. Right. And the Wolfman, the, the 2010. Yep. Wolfman. The Wolfman. So that's another one people don't appreciate because <laughs> they just assumed, by that time, people just assumed it was CG. Yeah. But oh. he, that was like a physical transformation and people were like, huh. It's a remake. It sucks. It's just Whatever. CG. It actually looks great. Yeah. Watch the fucking movie. It looks <laughs> great. I mean, don't worry about the story. Like, you want to go back to the 1941 Wolfman and tell me how great that story was? With pervy peeping Tom Lawrence Talbot. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that story is just like a kid wrote it. And, you know, so this, this newer one is, you know, what, what do you need? You know, what do you want from the Wolfman? I'm not dissing the 41 one. That, that, like, I'm not either. That but established all the... All the lore, all the, all the, the tropes. Lore, yeah. yeah. And I'm fine with that. But what I'm saying is the story is simple. Yeah. It's, a, it's a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, for people to be like, oh, the new one sucks. It's not as good as the original. It's usually people who haven't watched the original in years or don't care as much as they pretend to. People like it's to hate It's probably because on... they've watched Howling 2 and nothing can <laughs> top it. <laughs> Where are uh, the, the new one? Because a lot of the... Because um, the, the color timing and the, the CG environments they put them in right. it just felt more fakey than... Oh, yeah. The forty-one one. Well, why why is it that they figure it's just like let's throw these guys in front of a green screen instead of just like well can you put some fake trees or maybe go out and find some real trees and put your actors there or you know why is it so hard to build a set now or pull out some old props and you know assemble a set from shit you already have I mean it can't be that big of a deal yet. Rather than have a staircase, well, we just have this green screen staircase. <laughs> it's like you can't build a fake stone staircase. What the fuck is wrong with you if you can't yeah. do that? But yet they don't. Everything's green screen. CG. We'll fix it in post. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the battle cry of filmmakers. Fix it in post. Mm. Fix it in post. But anyway. So many people at art school would say, I'll fix it in Photoshop. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you keep doing that You can't that fix shit. your shitty drawing to Photoshop <laughs> that well. Oh, yeah. Go, go to DeviantArt. Oh, oh, I can't go to DeviantArt. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to go there anymore. It, it hurts. There's a lot of bad things out there. Some good art, too, but... Yeah, there's, there's probably more sexy anime wolf head people Man. having sex. I don't know why... Like, you, you Google anything, and there's going to be the sexy anime wolf person. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what the hell's going on there. So Jack Pierce. Yes. This, this comes up because... Yeah, he's course, another legend, because, like, I'd read about him in, like, horror movie books. Yeah. And uh, you, you read about, like, Lon Chaney being 
like literally nailed into a chair for six hours yeah. every morning. Yeah. Damn. And, and they're filming the transformation, you know, adding the layers of hair and all that crazy yeah. stuff. And so, the, so this guy really, he pioneered some new techniques that people hadn't been doing, mm-hmm. or he perfected some that people had and uh, he moved it forward. I feel. Oh yeah. You know, he, and he, he built things up so laboriously that, and everything interacted with the the muscles and yeah. Uh, yeah, when the Frankenstein monster, you know, snarls or growls, you know, it, it looks mm-hmm. like yeah, people could really act through that. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like he was wearing a mask. You know, the, these these things looked natural, and and he really thought about the designs and and the, the logic of how these creatures would look. Yeah. And, and and rumor, of course, was that he wasn't the most agreeable person, but it seemed like he got along with the lead actors. I guess you can't be that face to face with somebody and, you know, be be pissing them off the whole time. Yeah, I, what I gather is that he he did have an ego, and it was a bit of a fall down for him because he had his way of doing things like building things up laboriously layer by layer and when prosthetics came in and people could just stick on appliances mm-hmm. and do things quicker he was kind of left behind he wasn't he oh. wasn't nearly as fast as that and or cheap as that so by he, the 50s yeah. he was out of work well he was resistant to using like the latex appliances but he finally did his own version of him at some point. Yeah, I'm, and you can see with the right. Wolfman, there's pieces like yeah. around the nose and such. But, but um, yeah, yeah, he was he was kind of left behind by the cheaper ways of doing things. Yeah, but his stuff is is really oh yeah, great that, to look and at. those are the iconic looks. Yeah, you think of the Frankenstein monster, the Wolfman, or the, mummy. the mummy. Yeah, this is all him. Those are, that's his. Yeah, so you know this this guy, of course. Uh, you know, putting in the time and doing all the hard work gets passed by, and that's not you know the first time you hear those stories in Hollywood. Some of the most talented people get well, but but then again, we're talking about Jack Pierce now. Yeah, and I couldn't name the guys who who passed him by. Were, were, yeah, we're, yeah, we're doing it cheaper and quicker. Right in the fifties and whatever. Yeah, they were just a a bunch of guys who uh, glued hair to Michael Landon and uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> got paid. Half as much as maybe they could have. Yeah, I don't know. And Jack Pierce's stuff is being like you know restored and put out on Blu-ray again. Yeah, and it's gorgeous. Yeah, and uh, the interesting part of his story that I didn't know until I was reading up on him a bit was that he he kind of got his his spot and his opportunity uh, right after Lon Chaney Sr. died. Um, so, right, because he was doing his own stuff. Yeah, Lon Chaney would sit in front of a mirror and do his own makeup. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he died, Jack Pierce was able to just step in and do those kinds of makeups on right. on actors who were ready to but do those you, kinds you of roles. Watched a bunch of those Lon Chaney films. As yeah, well. I've seen. Yeah, yeah. And those incredibly painful. Yeah, like things his, he did to himself. The little metal hoops he put in his <sighs> nose for the phantom. <laughs> yeah, and he put metal rings around his eyes. Mm-hmm. Oh, a lot and of crazy stick shit. Things in his cheeks and, and everything. Strapping his legs up. And, yeah. Oh man. Like Torgo, like from Manos. Hands. Exactly like Torgo. What a fantastic 
role that was. What an illusion. What an illusion. I really believed that he was a lumpy need helper man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we, we were... We were able to get uh, the most iconic creature designs from Jack Pierce, and I think that's uh, that's his legacy. I mean, we'll we'll always have that, um, and all of this stuff. Uh, you know, hopefully we get something back eventually. This is you're you're looking at this illustration. Will is checking out my notes here, and I and I grab Evil Dead now. <laughs> see, Julian knows it from across the room. Mm-hmm. Evil Dead Two, Shaky Cam. Oh, they, they came up with that for Evil Dead One. Oh, was it for the, the first, first one as well? One. Um, yeah, they did. They did that same racing <laughs> through right the woods. Through the forest, yeah. It's amazing to me that something bad and simple gives you this... It's not bad, though, is it? Well, not bad. It's just cheap. Well, I guess what I'm saying is putting your camera on some boards is not, you know, it's not bad. But what I'm saying is the apparatus is is cheap. It's It's just mm-hmm. boards. Yet they're getting something that most people would look at and say, how the hell did they do that? Right. And it's like, we put the camera on boards and ran right. with it. Where, where you uh, really see that takeoff is in um, China. You look at Troy Hark's movies from the 80s. Uh-huh. When they when they saw how things were done in Evil Dead, and like you can do these amazing magical effects cheaply and just be inventive and energetic... They took it and ran with and, it. And you can work around, you know, all that. So then, then you see, you look at Choi Hark's movies like Zhu uh, uh, Warriors and Chinese Ghost Story and those, well, those, those fantasy movies that came out in the 80s. Yeah, you can see the shaky cam in there. And yeah. The way they cut things and angle things and they can work around all the limitations they had. That's so cool. And you can, you can see it, that approach you know in um, Japanese special effects TV series and things like that it's it's really great if you think about like uh, this being ingenuity and innovation from people who had little to no budget mm-hmm. and it's like they made it look cooler than it would have looked if they had paid a lot of money for really super modern equipment right and of course utilizing stop motion was nothing new and it was still very effective and doing uh, some of the matte paintings on glass, to, you know, to get some of the scenery, um, these weird force perspectives. A lot of stuff they did with the Evil Dead movies that, uh, you know, they didn't have the money to do something mm. more modern, but this stuff totally worked. Mm. And I find it exciting still. Like Evil Dead 2 is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. It's so ridiculous and funny, but still really scary at the same time. And, uh, and real quick, I'll tell you a story about I was in a... Um, you remember Blockbuster Video? You remember those places? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was in one of those or a Hollywood video back in probably the late 90s. And it was um, probably the weekend before Halloween. And I remember this woman looking at this, uh, at this video box. And she's looking at it and turning it over and looking at it. And... She had like a daughter who was maybe 13 or 14 and a couple of the girls with her nearby. And they're like, well, can we get that one? Can we get that one? And it was um, American Psycho. Yeah. And I was nearby because it was the horror section. And the 
girls ran away to look at something else. And I looked at the mom and I said, you don't want your daughter to see a naked man wearing nothing but tennis shoes, splattered in blood, holding a chainsaw, do you? Yes. And she said, why not? <laughs> she said, oh, is that in here? And I said, yeah. And then she said, well, they want to get scared, but maybe something funny. I don't know. And I said, okay. Evil Dead 2. Right. There you go. And I pointed her to Evil Dead 2. And I said, Evil Dead, maybe not so much. <laughs> You've know. you got the chainsaw on the blood, but he's got his clothes on. Yeah. And, you know, there's crazy stuff. I said, the guy beats the hell out of himself and then has to cut the hand off. And the hand goes on its own. And the kids will love it. <laughs> I assume this is because you didn't know there was a movie called uh, Entrails of a Beautiful Woman. <laughs> well, let's just say that they probably didn't have a foreign movie section with that movie in it. Well, at Blockbuster that's too Video. bad. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the reasons I didn't go to Blockbuster Video more than once. Yeah, they had a very disappointing selection. But, you know, some of the titles that I wanted to see again or some new releases, maybe they would have. But, yeah. yeah. I went there once and I found Burial Ground and that was the most interesting horror movie I could find. <laughs> that was the high point. <laughs> so, yeah, Evil Dead 2, always going to be one of my favorites. I bought it on mm-hmm. one of my first Blu-rays I bought when I got a Blu-ray player was Evil Dead 2. So always, always going to be in my top five no matter what. So... Uh, do you have a favorite out of the out of the Evil Deads? Do, do you like two better than the others? I know a lot of people like Army of Darkness the best. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's hard to choose between one and two. I think I'd probably have to pick two, but then one and then Army of Darkness. Yeah, Army of Darkness is okay. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, it's enjoyable, but it's not like the other two. It it gets a little more fantasy and a little more slapstick. Yes. Then what I wanted from it knowing the second one as well as I did. Yeah. But uh, they did a nice job with uh, all the, uh, the skeleton dudes. and. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a fun movie. The miniature Ash guys looked really fake on TV, and I don't know if it looks that way on the Blu-ray or the or DVD, but they, they were like kind of uh, washed out looking. Hmm. Yeah, sometimes, uh, quite often on TV, optical effects, they, oh. they look different they don't translate to how they would on the big screen yeah yeah the miniature ashes uh, it was either the background was washed out or they were washed out but mm. uh, I, I don't thought, remember man, that. i gotta see that again like in a proper format to know if it worked but they did a lot of ambitious stuff bill mosley is actually one of the skeleton writers in that <laughs> and apparently somebody with the union had gone back and said um i think they owe you for stuntman work on that as well because you rode the horse mm. And uh, and I, I, I guess that it came across to Sam Raimi like Bill was making trouble for him, and he really wasn't. Somebody from the union was like, dude, no, you, you have to get extra pay for this. Okay. But he is one of the skeleton guys, so Bill Mosley's everywhere. Yeah. That's the moral of that story. <laughs> Obviously, there's a million other things we could talk about. Did we miss any like real tip-top kind of important things? Yeah, the baby in a racer hat. Oh, that was the baby in a racer hat made of. What is yeah, that? what was that made of? <laughs> He's never said. No? No, he won't no. tell anyone how he made it. Some kind of meat, probably. It's some sort of something or other. I think it's a real baby. <laughs> I think those to... were real chickens, too. Yeah, those I've Cornish game, game well, hens. Well, speculation, it's like a lamb's 
fetus or something. Something like that. Like that. Yeah, I don't know where he got it, but uh, it's creepy. That's oh, so weird. <laughs> oh, there's something that I watched uh, part of, but not all the way through, was 2001: A Space Odyssey. Uh, I turned that on um, just to watch something good before going to bed when I wasn't tired enough to sleep, but too tired to do anything else. And damn, that movie looks good. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's so vivid. Yeah. And uh, and the the creatures. I don't know who did the effects on the caveman. Um, those are real cavemen. <laughs> that is the nut Kubrick is. He he would not accept I can fake make a, cavemen. Yeah. I can make a political joke right now, but I won't. Um, was that Stuart Freeborn as well? I want to say it was. Because mm. yeah, he was known for apes. Yeah, he would have been the Rick Baker of his day. Yeah. yeah, Before Rick Baker came along and was Rick Baker. And then Douglas Trumbull did the miniature effects and things. And apparently yeah. Kubrick wanted everything uh, that was um, to be matted in or however you want to call that, uh, like the um, the monolith. I guess he wanted that stuff put onto the negative uh, or onto the print. I'm not sure which. Hmm. But apparently he didn't want this stuff to be like a law, you know, like a copy of a copy. He didn't want to lose a generation of sharpness in it. Okay. Oh. And so I want to say that that stuff was added on to the negative, uh, where the where the uh, cave people are all kind of around the monolith. Mm. Hmm. Stunning though. That's a, that's another film where the I I'd like to see a, a an, another edition of it because there's there's seventeen minutes of it sitting in a salt mine. Wow. Uh, you know they they could edit it and put it put out another special edition. I definitely buy that. They should. Yep. Yeah, there's there's nothing, uh, there's nothing that's really missing as far as you know enjoying the movie. But right, if right. there's more to put in it, put oh, it in yeah. there. Give me back. I'd watch the hell out of that. Oh yeah. I I worked with um, Douglas Trumbull on this. He was working on another uh, film. Uh, I can't even tell you the name of it. Um, but. Uh, yeah, so I got to talk to him on the phone. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> so I was like, "This is this is one of my top five movies." Oh, yeah. that's great! Just couldn't believe I was talking to this guy. It's just wow, this is him. <laughs> <laughs> but but luckily I I wasn't I you know since Harry Harrison I've not burbled in front of anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Let's. You got to meet Harry Housen twice, though. Yeah. How was the second meeting? Uh, that was that was more uh, relaxed, you know. Yeah. I was able like, to talk to him as if you know I was a coherent person. Yeah. Yeah. Able to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that was when he had his models and I could look at him. Oh, that's great! You get to walk right up to him. Yeah. Oh man, I broke one. <laughs> I was just terrified. And I just... Walked away quickly. <laughs> I think I moved the scorpion because I, I think my thinking at the time was, oh, this is from his most recent movie, so it won't be as bad as if I moved the skeleton. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't touch the skeleton. <laughs> right. You can actually buy 3D printed skeletons that are, you know, with I don't know if they say in so many words that they're replicas of the ones from Jason the Argonauts, but uh, yeah, it, it'll be replicas now. Yeah, yeah, but they, but you can actually buy them. Like they'll send you skeletons with. Mm-hmm. Little alter- alternate hands that you can glue on them, so you can make your own little posed <laughs> well, models. Well, for that matter, you can get a full-size Robbie the robot that talks to you and 
brings you drinks. Yeah. If that fucker brings drinks, I'm buying them. Space bourbon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I would take Robbie the Robot over the B9 any day. No, the Forbidden Planet, that was another. Oh, man. Beautiful movie. Awesome. Awesome. Special effects. Yeah. Stunning. Beautiful. Technicolor. Design and everything. So vivid. Yeah, and, and I know we've got some younger listeners. Hey, youngsters, go watch some of this shit because even though it's old and some of the script may not be, you know, to your liking because it's simple or corny or whatever, beautiful movies. Like yeah. Forbidden Planet is stunning. And it's really weird to, you know, see the early performances from some actors, but right. <laughs> I don't want to ruin anything for anyone. But anyway, uh, yeah, did we miss anything else that's got to be oh, talked when about? I, from from when I was a kid, so it, it would have been Willis O'Brien, Ray Harryhausen, Jack Pierce. Yep. Mm-hmm. That I was reading about in horror books and things like that. And oh, then yeah. And then it would be Rick Baker, Tom Savini, Stan yeah. Winston. Yeah. Yeah. We, we really do have to give Savini his props because that man took it and ran with it. He went, he, he didn't just go with like crazier looking monster stuff or evil demonic shit. He also went crazy with the gore. <laughs> You know, like yeah. you know, stuff that he did in Maniac and, you know, oh my God. Oh, yeah. I think I only watched that once. That's so, it's so depressing. It's it <laughs> is. <laughs> seedy. It is very yeah. seedy is the perfect word for that movie. It would probably be interesting to watch now because New York's been so cleaned up that, and it, it just dives into the yeah yeah darkest areas. And... And this has come up a few times on our show where it's like, man, sleazy yeah. New York it's gone forever you know paradise, don't worry paradise lost it'll come back right it'll come back once <laughs> everything goes to shit <laughs> i hit my dream of living in new york in the 70s <laughs> right i'm scared it's all a, the time carrying a sock full of coins yep yeah <laughs> man yeah Improvised weapons, always important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've yeah. got to be able to like, say, oh, yeah, I'll just, I'll just keep my pennies in a sock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I used to say that about uh, TSA. It's like, oh, they're going to take away, like, shampoo because it's more than four ounces or three ounces or whatever the hell mm. it is. It's like, well, what if I had some rolls of nickels and some decks of cards? It's like, what's stopping me from, like, taking off one of my socks and filling it with those items and clocking someone in the head with it? Right. If you're crazy, you're going to find a way to do crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, I don't know how we got there. <laughs> we were talking about Thomas Avini and Maniac. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Uh, okay, Sleazy New yeah, York. Yeah, so yeah. like uh, Maniac, you have the scalpings and that. And, um, oh. Yeah, and he did, so, he, so of course he did like Friday the 13th and The Burning and Dawn of the Dead. and Yeah. Yeah, there's a, a wealth of Creep awesome show. shit. Creep show, yeah. Yep, he did a great job on that. Um, he, I think he did all the effects for um, From Dusk Till Dawn, which, you know, not the most jaw-dropping, stunning stuff that you've ever seen, but really fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, and he plays Sex Machine. I was going to say, he's in that, too. <laughs> yeah, with his bullwhip and yeah. his gun crotch apparatus. That's right, I forgot about that. How does he operate that? You don't want to know. <laughs> well, he's not using his hands. That's all I know from watching the movie. <laughs> but 
that was, yes, that was... it is a gun in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, like after after that generation, it you know, once it goes over to digital, it's just a bunch of factories. Yeah. I can't name anyone. No, but no, not really. And no, and no one's really trying to be named. I mean, no one gives a mm-hmm. damn. Obviously. Yeah, it's not. It's never going to be one guy in his garage ever again. No. And uh, that's one of the great things that um, Adam Green talked about in that uh, Hatchet Q&A that we just ran uh, last week's show, is he said that the effects guy for Hatchet 2 um, was like, you want, me to, you want me to do the effects? I don't have a studio. <laughs> and uh, he said, well, didn't you say your aunt lives here in uh, Louisiana or wherever it was? And he goes, yeah, well, she has a garage, right? <laughs> Because, hey, okay, I'll ask her. And he did the effects out of mm-hmm. Aunt Dolly's garage. Right. Nice. Or garage, as they would say in England. Garage. Which is the proper pronunciation, isn't it? <laughs> garage? Of course. That's, well, that's what, yeah, they say garage. Yeah, well, that's how Harry hasn't started. You know, his dad would build the armatures. In the garage? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Very good. The car hold. <laughs> car hold. <laughs> you with your fancy French words, it's car hold. Car hold. <laughs> So, yeah, Savini. Um, if we were to pull up Savini's IMDb uh, page and look at the, his filmography, it's probably a hundred and something movies long, I'm sure. He's done tons of effects. And uh, funny story about Dawn of the Dead is uh, Quentin Tarantino used to uh, sort of give part of his resume as having been one of the bikers. Okay. And uh, he wasn't. Right. But to get acting work, he would say he was one of the bikers that rides through the mall. Because <laughs> he said, well, I noticed this one guy kind of looked like okay. me, so I would just say I was one of them. Mm-hmm. And Savini is one of them. Yep. yep. Which is great. And uh, Tasis Stavrakis, who's his assistant. That's right. So, yeah. Good fun there. But, uh, yeah, the makeup looked a little, um, a little more greenish than maybe he knew it would. Or was that deliberate? The, the skin the skin color yeah yeah it's kind of bluish yeah gray yeah yeah it, it was basically uh, i think we talked about this when we when we covered it but i feel the, like uh, we did yeah he, he did a basic gray uh but under different lights fluorescence and so on oh. it would come out looking blue or whatever oh, yeah depending on how they lit it yep because fluorescent illuminates a lot of the, the green uh part of the spectrum so, yeah, mm-hmm. it would probably change the look of anything under it. Yeah. So, Savini, check him out, youngsters. <laughs> You'll see what granddad's talking about. Yep. All right. Well. I think we covered a lot. I think that we did. Cool. Do you want to talk about Jason X next time? Sure, why not? <laughs> I think that's what they put on the video box. Jason X, sure. sure. Why not? All right, here we go again. <laughs> I think it's great. It's Wait, fun. What's happened to the the next reboot? Because that's kept being put off, hasn't um, it? It's supposed to come out this last spring. They, I think it got pushed back because who's going to be working on it or who's going to yeah, be in it? But I guess it's in the works. Oh yeah, still. Yeah. But. <laughs> and hopefully not found footage bullshit. Right, right. I think that's maybe that's what happened. They, they said, "Oh, we're going to do it as a found footage," and the fans went, "No." Everybody groaned in unison. <laughs> there was a great crying out, like a million voices groaning right. in unison. A million voices were silent at once, um, <laughs> and then <but> groaned. 
Yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah, we'll go and see that and be vaguely disappointed. Yeah, no, I, I will get exactly what I'm expecting. <laughs> I, I really think I will. I was looking forward to a found footage movie that's not been done enough. Yeah, <laughs> not sure what that'll be. Oh, another one we should do if, you, if you're into found footage movies is Troll Hunter. Have you oh, seen Troll Hunter's great. Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. That's yeah. one where he's got the crazy bright lights and on the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Well, let's do Jason X and then maybe, okay. maybe Troll Hunter. Because right, that, that's right. a lot of wintry stuff there in that all movie. Right. Yep. Yeah. And we need to start talking about wintry movies. Yes. Um, and uh, Black Christmas Blu-ray should come out in December as well. Nice. Nice. Um, I will be in Portland uh, for a long weekend to actually work, but uh, maybe I'll see if uh, Sammy from Howl Horror Program wants to do like a little guest episode. Mm. Nice. Yeah, just sit down and maybe talk about something for an hour. Maybe we'll talk about Lost Boys. Yeah. (laughs) Everything that's great about uh, the sexy grandpa. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be fun. All right, Jason X. I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. go, I'm gonna try and go out and buy it. I've got it. You you've got it. Okay. Oh well. Well, I'd have to watch it again. So yeah. Unless you want to swing by again in the next few days. I might. Okay. I, I might be out and about. All right. Um, let me know. Otherwise, I'll go buy a used copy of it and uh, then loan it to Will, or Will can prowl the internet. I can prowl the internet. I'll find a copy. You're an internet prowler, like none yeah. other. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Well, listeners, thank you for listening. Um, if you get a chance, give us a give us a rate, review, and subscribe treatment, and uh, we'll thank you for it. Um, we still won't get paid, but who gives a damn at this point? Um, we're doing this because we dig it, and yeah, uh, I hope everybody. Uh, well, I, I sh- we shouldn't say too much about Thanksgiving because it's an American thing. It's but, over. Yeah, by the time you're listening, it's over anyway. So, <laughs> who cares? All right, thanks for listening. Stay off the moors. Bye bye.